Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of Vice. It's Friday, February 1st. I'm Sophie Cases. Today, we're looking at how startups are selling anxious millennials on the promise of sleep. On Saturday, the New York Times published a story about what tech writer Aaron Griffith calls hustle culture, a late capitalist environment where employees work 80-hour weeks, fuse their identities with their jobs, and pretend they love it. But running alongside hustle culture is another cultural mandate, and one that appears to be completely contradictory. Getting rest. You know what I'm talking about. At every turn, we're marketed to buy a Casper mattress, or Lisa, or Lull, or sleep trackers, meditation apps, weighted blankets. You can even buy a $25 nap at a storefront now. But broadly writer Marisa Lees explains that these two directives are actually not mutually exclusive. Instead, she sees them as symbiotic, both fueling a society of hyper-efficient workers. So today, we've got broadly editor Sarah Burke talking with Marie on the story. So throughout the month of January, Broadly has been running a series called Getting Out of Bed, which is about rest and rejuvenation and also exhaustion and burnout and finding the motivation to get out of bed when you really, really don't want to. So to cap off that series, Marie, you wrote a really fascinating story about how basically sleep technology companies a.k.a. mattress companies like Casper, companies that sell weighted blankets, even startups that sell apps that help you sleep, are basically targeting millennials and selling them the idea of a good night's sleep. Can you talk to me about what you see as the different kind of cultural factors contributing to this moment? What are these cultural mandates that you start off the piece talking about? When I sat down to write this piece, I had just read this New York Times article that came out over the weekend about, quote, hustle culture, which the New York Times writer defines as kind of this late capitalist environment where people are always working and also pretending that they love to work. And so I was kind of thinking about how it could be that we're living in a culture where people are really encouraging us to work late hours, always be checking your email after work, always being on Slack or Gchat. But also, you know, you're looking everywhere and you're seeing Casper ads, you're seeing ads for weighted blankets and sleep apps, both of which you've you mentioned, which are meant to promote 
rest and relaxation. So I kind of started writing this piece from the place of trying to kind of parse out what is underneath both of these contradictory cultural mandates. Yes, I feel those two things so strongly. And you go on to kind of note that while they do appear to be contradictory, they're actually potentially symbiotic in a lot of ways. Can you say more about that? Yeah. So I think the key that kind of unlocks these things is this late capitalist environment that we're in. So if you talk about these things through the lens of late capitalism, you you realize that both of these messages kind of work toward the same end. So basically, you know, if you're telling everyone hustle, 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 you're getting a bunch of people who are working all the time and are endlessly producing things that companies can profit from. But if you're telling people to rest, you're also kind of telling them, you know, you need to be fully rested and rejuvenated so you feel great when you go to work the next day and you can be more productive and handle the demands of your job better. So I was kind of examining and the author, Jonathan Crary, who wrote this book, 24-7, Late Capitalism and the Ends of Sleep, he was really helpful in kind of theorizing this problem and how we find ourselves caught up between both of these things, which are both ultimately encouraging us to be just these hyper-efficient workers for the capitalist system that we're in. And you note as well that this issue specifically, or this relationship between sleep and work and sleep technologies specifically affect millennials. How is that? Yeah, so as I was writing this piece, it kind of just unfurled into a much larger examination of the millennial condition. You know, like I said, these ads really try to interpolate millennials. And part of the reason for that is that millennials are the most anxious generation scientific studies have found. We spend very large amounts of our income on rent. We're saddled with a colossal amount of student debt. And a lot of problems that relate to sleeping and our ability to get to sleep and stay asleep and have healthy sleeping habits kind of stem from problems with stress and anxiety, which, you know, stem from these other systematic problems that have to do with this financial burden that many of us are under and just the general kind of economic precarity that the lives of millennials have been shaped by. Tell me about the rise of this industry. How did we get here? I think that although Casper wasn't the first mattress in a box delivered straight to your door startup company, it's definitely the one that is the most well-known for disrupting the mattress industry. And it launched in 2014, right around the time when, you know, the tail end of the millennial generation was graduating college and moving into new apartments and, you know, needed to buy a mattress. In just over a year, Casper made about $1.8 million in sales. And that encouraged a lot of other startup companies to try to get in on that business model. And now we have as many as like 500 different mattress startup brands. And I spoke to a marketing professor at NYU who told me that this 
explosion of interest in sleep products that that really began in earnest with Casper kind of tracks well with Americans spending habits. So whereas several years ago, Americans who had a lot of disposable income were more interested in spending on special vacations, cars. Americans now are more interested in spending on what he called everyday luxuries, which is kind of just like elevating the mundane tasks that you have to do every day by purchasing things. So he mentioned like buying a $5 latte on your way to work because it makes going to work just seem like a more pleasant experience or buying a fancy KitchenAid or trying to elevate your sleep experience, sleep being something that we all do and enhancing it with these products. And you note as well that this industry could be situated within this kind of broader phenomenon of millennials being obsessed with the idea of self-care. Self-care is kind of its own animal, and people have done a lot of writing and reporting on that. But I do see our growing cultural interest in sleep and these sleep products as kind of stemming from an environment where people are saying, look, I have all of these problems. I'm tired all the time. I'm stressed all of the time. We have this awareness now around mental health and the vocabulary to talk about it. And so now people are looking for tools that can help address these problems. And I think that, you know, millennials are looking for solutions to these problems. They're not just content to to deal with mental health issues and exhaustion the way perhaps previous generations have just taken these things as kind of like this is just what life is and it like sometimes you're miserable and exhausted and like too bad. And so startup companies, many of which are led by millennials themselves, have seen an opportunity to capitalize on this millennial urge to address these deeper seated problems. And that's how you get products like Casper mattresses delivered straight to your door and sleep apps and weighted blankets and all of these different sleep aids that have now seemed to turn sleep into a kind of commodity itself. What's interesting about this commodification, too, is this implication that as something becomes commodified, it also becomes a luxury. It becomes a kind of class-based privilege, whereas sleep is something that, you know, we're used to thinking of as something that everyone can enjoy. Can you talk more about that? I spoke to a couple of sleep experts, medical professionals, and asked them when they're talking to their patients, are they recommending that they try these things? So one of them told me that one of the first things that she encourages her patients to do is try to change any environmental factors that might be preventing them from getting a good night's sleep or any environmental things that they can kind of add on that could help them get to sleep and stay to sleep better. So she said, she's like, you know, these things are more or less harmless. Like, sure, if you, you know, if you're beside yourself, you can't get to sleep. Why not try getting a new mattress? Why not try downloading and subscribing to this app. But she did say, you know, these things are cost prohibitive for a lot of people. And also the truth is, like, the people who are even thinking about sleep in this way as something that they can address through 
products and buying things are people who kind of are already in a privileged position. And based on what you've seen kind of looking at this industry, does it seem like this moment might be coming to an end or does it seem like this industry is just growing? I think that the industry is definitely going to keep growing. I came across a really interesting statistic when I was working on this story about the self-care industry in general. So in August, MarketWatch reported that the average American spends about 22% of their monthly disposable income on self-care. And what was interesting to me is a lot of people said Actually, 62% of people said that they would actually want to spend more than that on, quote, treating themselves. And the mattress startup industry itself is a $15 billion industry. So it's already a really huge industry. And you're having people say that they're willing to spend on these things because they believe that they're really going to improve their lives. And I think that brands like Casper have already expanded so much and are, you know, producing nightlights and nap pillows and sheets and dog beds. And even there is like a physical space that they have in Soho now where you can pay $25 and go take a nap. So I think that we're just going to continue to see kind of endless riffs on the basic idea that you can pay for a good night's sleep. You can read the full story at broadly.vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And tune in again on Monday for another Vice Guide to Right Now.